This week's episode is brought to you by ThatKevinSmithClub.com. That's right, man. If you can't get enough of the sound of my voice, then you could surf on over to ThatKevinSmithClub.com, join up, watch Wake and Bake five days a week, listen to Plus One, so much more. ThatKevinSmithClub.com. What are you waiting for? Join the club. You want a podcast? I got a smartcast. You want a podcast? I got a smartcast. You want a podcast? I got a smartcast. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna. Do you want a podcast? Do you want a show? Do you get your laughs from computer radio with this bro, Scotty Mo? It's about time to lose your shit. Everybody's progress clips for that legend, Kevin Smith. Welcome to this podcast. I'm Kevin Smith. Um, all right, so we've been doing episodes of Clerks 2, T-O-O, a podcast that I record at Smodcastle back in Jersey, where I talk to everybody who was ever involved in a clerk anything. And um, it's been a real hoot, man, sitting down with folks who were uh, with me, boots on the ground, in the trenches, laying the track um, for what would become my entire career. Fellow architects of the Viewisk universe, if you will. Uh, and this week, man, we got some good ones. I'm going to sit down and talk to my boy Mike Bellicose, the OG Silent Bob, um, who's most famous for uh, saying to Dante after Dante said, 37, my girlfriend sucked 37 dicks. Uh, Mike said, in a row? It's Mike Bellicose. And um, then uh, we talked to Thomas Burke. Uh, I'm a roofer, done and ready, home improvements. And Thomas talks about life with clerks, and including having a kid who wound up with him in Clerks 3. Um, is a great sit down. Ernie O'Donnell, castle, castle keeper Ernie O'Donnell, uh, pops in to add to the proceedings. It, absolute bliss. I love Smod Castle. Ernie's done such a great job building it. And I love going back there and do shows. It's so intimate, so wonderful. This show was absolutely one of those evenings. Um, so uh, I'm going to split it up to get two episodes out of this. Uh, so here's part one of uh, Clerks 2 episode, I don't know, three or four, I think three. Uh, here we go. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Smod Castle. I'm Kevin Smith. Hey! <laughs> Uh, tonight, kids, we're going to do another episode of this uh, podcast series that I've been doing uh, called Clerks 2, T-O-O, um, very whimsically titled. And the idea, of course, is that uh, I wasn't the only one in Clerks. I've been talking about Clerks my whole fucking life, but I wasn't the only one in Clerks. Everybody who is in Clerks has a story about it and what, uh, how it's affected their lives since and stuff. So we've done it a few times and had a really good time doing it. We're going to do it again uh, this evening, of course, uh, with two wonderful people who were in uh, both Clerks and fucking the forthcoming Clerks 3 as well. Uh, but to just set this in a moment in time, uh, for those not in the room, I uh, was just at a wedding, uh, uh, and it bears uh, some semblance of a uh, Venn diagram crossover uh, with this place to some degree, uh, in as much as... Uh, you remember a picture called Chasing Amy? There's a montage in it where they're falling in love, like in New York and shit, or just hanging out and falling in love. 
and they're in Washington Square Park, and and Joey is sitting next to Ben, and and he's reading Time Out and just gabbing and not looking at her, and she's bored, and then she goes off off frame, and then comes back in with a little girl in pigtails like that kind of resembled the pigtails that Joey was wearing and uh, replaces her and then fucks off and then Ben keeps chatting and finally looks over and sees this little girl little girl smiles at him and stuff that was my little cousin Carrie Ann and she got married uh, tonight and it was really fucking sweet man uh, down at uh, in Belmar the shore something shore in um, and I haven't been to a wedding in a good fucking long time it was it was pretty fucking romantic. They you know they introduced like the wedding party and they they had a lot of fucking people in their wedding party, and they line up everybody dances in and, and shit and then they line up and they bring in the bride and the groom, and to bring in the bride and the groom fucking all of a sudden everybody lit up a lightsaber, <laughs> and and created a tunnel and I was like my people like. Eh. <laughs> I felt so seen and it wasn't even my wedding, man. I was like, this rocks. And they came through the lightsaber tunnel and then fucking dance. It was like really fucking sweet, man. But it made me feel very, very old considering uh, I've known Carrie Ann since she was fucking born. And now all of a sudden here she is like growing up, getting married and stuff. Married a wonderful guy, geek. Like in their um, vows, they, you know, she talked about uh, uh, he he fucking suffers her diet coke addiction and shit. Somebody taking a leak? <laughs> Shh. Because <laughs> I heard the seat go down or maybe up. And if it went down, down, down right? Yeah, down. <laughs> Not happening? The top went down and so it was closed so he just pulled up the top. He pulled up the top? Yeah, I was laughing he, again, so. But he didn't pull up the lid so he's pissing into the toilet with the lid down son of a bitch <laughs> i get in trouble for that shit at my house um it was uh i don't know it was uh fucking it was really nice uh george when he was doing his vows like uh carrie ann talked about like uh thank you for suffering my diet coke addiction george's thing was thank you for suffering my twilight addiction um you know you've never he's it was something like you've never berated me for being team edward and shit like that i was like i don't even know these people they're fascinating man so glad that they found each other so that's what i was doing that's what brought me east and then uh while i was here i was like well let's do some shows here at good old smod castle we are in smod castle ladies and gentlemen right in the heart of Leonardo, mere steps away from Quick Stop uh, Groceries, where we made clerks, which we're going to be talking about a lot this evening. Put your hands together so the folks at home know you're real. <laughs> so weird to be here on a like Friday night, because that, like, by choice and for fun, because so often, you know, when I worked here down the down the block on, at quick stop like i was here on a friday night and just like charlie browning it like fuck why am i here and shit like that and couldn't wait till ten thirty because then oh my god i could go see a movie or something like that um and as i was pulling up tonight i was just i, I was so delighted uh, to be here now the place has double memories for me not just like all the time i spent here 
uh, working that led up to like clerks. But we just came back, shot clerks three here during the summer. So when I pull up now, like I see the lot down the street where we had parked the circus, that's where all the trailers were. And my kid, who was born in Red Bank, um, didn't really, you know, she was here for the first two years of her life. And then we moved out to Los Angeles. So she doesn't remember much of Jersey, even though she was born here and, and raised here at the beginning of her life. There's no real touchstone because she started becoming aware, self-aware out in Los Angeles. So to have her here all summer because her boyfriend Austin is in the movie a lot. Harley's in the movie very, very little. But uh, Austin's in the movie the whole time. And so Austin had went with Harley to Dallas when she shot Cruel Summer, even though he wasn't in it. And then he did get a gig in it because he was there so long. They're like, fuck, if he stands there one more minute, he's going to be a fucking chair. Put him in the show and shit. So he wound up in the show as well. And then when you know he got the part in Clerks 3, Harley was like, well, I'm going to support him like he supported me. So she came out for the duration of the summer. And I know she wasn't coming out for me. It was declared she was obviously coming out for him. But for somebody who didn't really get to raise her like in an era where I could have had conversations about where we're from and stuff like that, it was really nice like to have her here, have her here all summer. And it's not like I spent a fuck ton of time with her. I was busy making the movie and stuff. But she, I saw her every day because like she found some stray kittens back where the circus was and she spent two months fucking rounding them up and then getting them all uh, to the doctors and with shots and then making sure they all got home. She had this like fucking mission. So when I was coming back, I was like, I'm, I'm going to Jersey. She's like, what, when? I was like, tonight, I'll be back in like a couple of days and five days, six days or something like that. Um, and she's like, do me a favor. Can you go and see if there are any more kittens back there? <laughs> And I'm like, fuck no, man. That's your fucking kink. I'm not doing that because what if there are a bunch of kittens? What do you expect me to do? She's like, exactly what I did. And I was like, no, that's, I love baby kittens as much as the next person, but no, I'm not going fucking kitten hunting. But as I pulled up, I saw the big empty lot and I just thought of, you know, how, what a unique second bite at the apple I got to have the kid here for a protracted period of time it'd be awkward if i was like will you come to highlands with me for fucking like a week and hang out and shit like that um but having the excuse of the movie um that kind of brought her out here was just so delightful for me man and um i, I texted her when i was when i got here and i was just like oh my god i'm thinking of you and how like you you were driving around Atlantic Highlands. That fucks with my head so much because I used to drive around Atlantic Highlands when, like, I was your when I was your age that you were doing it during the summer. And she was just like, "How many joints have you smoked since you landed, Dad?" And it was, it was like fucking three, and I'm very emotional. Um, so pulling up tonight is not just like, "Oh shit, I used to work there," and "Oh shit, that's where we made the movie and shit." But now it's like. That's where I just spent like the best summer of my life. We closed down Quick Stop to shoot for two weeks, and it was like having my own personal Castle Grayskull playset with big live action figures that I could move around and stuff. I got to walk in and out of the store, you know, and not have to account for anything. You know, I got to work at Quick Stop without having to work at Quick Stop. It was the best possible version of being at Quick Stop, man. So pulling up to do this show uh, as late as I was, um, thanks to the wedding, 
um, instantly, you know, I was hit with two waves of sentimentality. So you'll have to excuse me. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still kind of uh, looped in it. It's breathing rare air, man. Like uh, to be able to do something that, like, oh, we we did that years ago, and it wouldn't be cool to do it again, and we fucking did it again. And I also realized my whole career is predicated on trying to replicate like a very fun five-year period of my life at the epicenter of which is working at that store. So you know, we we did it in a in a very you know face forward version this summer with clerks three but coming here on a friday night to talk to y'all like i just remember sitting in the store talking to Vinny on friday night talking about like when we leave here man when we close the fucking store at 10 30 like let's go to the angelica in manhattan and go see a fucking movie man let's go see an indie flick one of them indie flicks or i remember sitting around talking to brian um or walter when I wasn't talking to Brian and Walter would be like, you got to call Brian. You got to be the first to call Brian. And I was like, no, Brian has to call me. And we didn't talk to each other for a fucking year. Um, or all the times that I worked with Brian at the store, man, and fucking switched. And one of us would just lock the other store and come over and just sit there just like in the fucking movie. So coming here means like absolutely everything uh, to me. And I'm just taking the moment to appreciate it. And I thank you all for making that possible. We wouldn't have done this unless a bunch of people were like, yeah, I'll sit around and watch you ramble and look what you paid for. You're getting the ramble right now. <laughs> so thank you so much for affording me the opportunity to not only have a little podcast theater in Leonardo, thanks to your patronage, but specifically tonight to kick back and talk to uh, some cats that, that mean the world to me, including especially uh, our first guest. Um, this 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 gentleman right here was robbed of his due glory in a perfect world in a just world you would know him as silent bob because that's who the part of of silent bob was written for is our first guest tonight man um you know him from the movie he wound up in clerks regardless not as silent bob but as the guy who's like, uh, Dante says, uh, 37, my girlfriend sucked 37 dicks, and the guy goes, in a row? That's the guy who should have been Silent Bob, could have been Silent Bob, and then the fact that, that I wound up as Silent Bob is something we'll wind up talking about. I'm gonna bring him out right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome somebody I have known since I was five years old. I'm a 51-year-old man right now, 46 years old. This is one of my longest relationships in this life. Give it up for Michael Bellicose, everybody. You're 52? Yeah. I'm 51 still. Hello. Uh, Mike's got the right idea. He brought a beer, man. Yep. Kev, I'm drinking yours. <laughs> He's comfy and fucking ready to go. Um, I met Michael in, you went to, did you go to King Garden downtown? Yeah. Highlands yep. at the Methodist the church? church? Yep. I just passed wall. it today, man. And I was staring at it going, Jesus Christ. I remember like being marched up those tiny steps to the Methodist church. We didn't, uh, public school um, in Highlands didn't have a kindergarten at that point. Nope. So they conducted kindergarten. Uh, I guess they rented space or had some arrangement with the Methodist church in downtown Highlands right across the street from the post office. And so that's where we went to kindergarten. We had Ms. Delange 
was our teacher yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, the, who I absolutely loved, but was my first betrayal because like I would make her laugh all the time doing impressions of Laverne and Shirley and she would like howl man I was like I'm fucking really killing with this woman and shit and then she had a parent teacher conference with my mom and dad and she, she was like all he does is impressions of Laverne and Shirley man and threw me under the fucking bus and shit and I was like well don't laugh next time and shit so we met uh, or started going to uh, school together in, in kindergarten yeah. um, public school kindergarten even though it was in a Methodist church. The very next year, both of us would go up to Our Lady of Perpetual Help and start as first graders in a parochial school, which we would stay in together yep, all fucking through eighth grade. Then we would graduate and go to uh, Henry Hudson and do four years of Henry Hudson together, man. So our entire educational career has been spent together. And during that period, um, and I think... I'm gonna, I'm gonna clock this like I when I was younger I don't know I hung out mostly with Janine White I remember like my first hardcore friend was Ernie when we went to fifth grade mm -hmm. um, yeah. and Ernie was older than us but he this and I don't mean to shade him on this but he got left back that's how we met Ernie yeah. was older than us and then all of a sudden <laughs> Mrs. <What> a <laughs> Torpedo tit, right? Mrs. Catanzaro. Mrs. Catanzaro. Yeah. Right. Um, it's so weird, though. That, that is such a... I don't know if kids give a shit about that anymore, but the idea of being left back was such a, like, a fucking... It was, like, there were two things we were afraid of as children. Uh, fucking Russia dropping nuclear bombs or being left back because all your friends were going forward and you were forced to make fucking new friends. But it worked out for me and Ernie because me and Ernie became real fucking close and we hung out pretty hardcore from like fifth grade, I would say what, up to eighth, when Ernie started dating Elaine. Then Ernie started like uh, having sex, and he was like- the first one. Yeah, the first one of all of us. He was the astronaut. He came back <laughs> and told us everything about, it. I'll never forget to this day, er <laughs> I'll never forget to this day, Ernie going like, um, we had sex in a rocking chair. And I was like, nothing will ever be more erotically charged than that. And the field, too. I think the field, too. They had the sex on the field? Yeah, I think so. Um, right. oh. <laughs> he abandoned you. Yes. On the yes, field yes, as yes. well? You were fucking very experimental, <laughs> man. Um, so when Ernie started dating Elaine, I st started hanging out with Mike more and more. And I would... Um, like, cause by the end of our, by eighth grade, we did the Ghostbusters yep. suits, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we had made these Ghostbuster outfits for like the eighth grade Halloween carnival that were legit they fucking- were, They were nice. Really good with proton packs. We made our cardboard, which <laughs> no internet, so you didn't have pictures, so you had to go from your memory and shit. But in my, in my memory, they were really Imagine. legit good. So much so that remember your brother and his friend borrowed the yeah, shit yeah. <laughs> for their like senior dress up day, I think at Hudson or something like that. So me and Mike started hanging out. Um, Mike's mom, uh, God rest her soul, she passed two, two years ago at this point. Two years, it's 16th of April. Um, uh, it misses Bellicose, for lack of a better description, but Adrian. Adrian, yo, Adrian. To everybody who absolutely loved her. Um, was a second mom to most of us like who uh, grew up around Mike. Hands down, when I think of champion mothers, she absolutely comes 
to mind. Even she may have, you know, my mom's not here, so I'll say this. She may have the edge on my mother because my mother had like my dad to help her out. Adrian was doing it fucking solo by herself. herself. Single mom. So she like, I'll never forget. Like she was the original cool mom where like my mom was more of a disciplinarian and Mrs. Bellicose was more of a friend. She didn't talk to you like you were a fucking child and we were all children. But, and that's what adults did, particularly then. They, they talked down to kids and stuff. She talked to us like, you know, not that we were on the same level of her, as her, but like we were human fucking beings like, like she was. She gave us a lot more credit than most adults gave kids, particularly back then. And because of that, Belly's house was a wonderful place to hang out. Parties. Uh, yeah, parties galore, man. Toga. She was also, we had a toga party at Bellicosa's house. That's the only time she got mad at me. Why? Because we took all her sheets. Remember, for, people didn't have togas? And she so, had no sheets left. And so we were like, oh, grab some from the closet. <laughs> she chased me around the dining room tables until I started, she started laughing, and that was it. She wasn't mad at she was first. She, was, she had no sheets. We took all the sheets. And so first she was mad enough to chase you, and yep. then she started laughing, laughing and gave and she up. She lost it, yeah. <laughs> um, she was goddamn such a you, wonderful you woman. security. That's right. They cut the socks with the stripes and put them on their elbow, their arms. How old were we? It's like 15. Yeah, yeah. 15 years old, we had a toga party party at his house. (laughs) And everybody wore sheets, naturally, and stuff. And and she was even tolerant to that until her sheets went away. Yeah, until the sheets went away. If anyone had brought their own sheets, she would have been like, yeah, all right. All good. But fucking, it was her sheets. I don't know if it was you. We wouldn't let them in without a toga. So we were giving out sheets. I mean, as a theme party, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> the uh, I uh, I uh, we talked about it on another podcast, but I I that's went where, to. I'm sorry, that's where Ernie the pitcher. Ernie was in the garbage can. It's one of the times he got drunk, like on two wine coolers. That's true. <laughs> one one lens in the sunglasses crooked. I had the pitcher, but it, Jane had it underneath her dresser where you'd put the mirror. The blotter. Over. Yeah, uh-huh. it was stuck. Oh, get out of here! Still, yeah, it's hysterical. Um, Ernie uh, doesn't drink legendarily, yeah. like at all. And it has everything to do with that day, with yeah. that night, with the toga party. <laughs> so strange, yeah. man. Like normally, because we were 15. Yeah. Ernie was a little older, so he's like 16 he at that back. point or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, it, it was such a, such a weird notion that we could even do that, that we could get away with having a toga party. But weirder that like, Something that happened at age 16 made Ernie go, I will never drink again. He made like a Batman, a Bruce Wayne in the crime alley vow based on that fucking like, was that, did, was that, when you say one of two times, was the, did he take a swing of you that night or the uh, the second time he got drunk? He always says that. He's like, one time, second time. One time I took a swing at Bell, I'll never touch alcohol yeah. again. <laughs> but then there was a time he had a Cuban on a canoe trip. That was fun too. What do you mean? I was pissing my pants. A real Cuban cigar. Okay. And he thought his toes were just so big. But he was standing in the water. Your toes usually look bigger in the water. <laughs> he was like stoned off this Cuban cigar. I'm, I'm fucked up. <laughs> and he's just fucking, look at my toes, man. <laughs> and he didn't drink. He just had the cigar. <laughs> Sorry, that was fucking funny. I'll never forget that. <laughs> Tell him where we're at. We just stand there. Look at my toes. <laughs> Could you imagine being, like, being, like, being able to get high off yeah. a cigar? He did. They were the real thing. He's he's, he's living life right. The, this is about Bella. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's all good stuff. <laughs> 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 
You still got the bigger penis. It's yeah, right. that's right. He's got a big dick. A big dick. I told my kid that story recently. She was like, well, she's fine. She's going to be 23. So she was like, where are you going? I was like, I'm going to do a show at uh, this podcast, a couple shows and a poker tournament with Ernie and stuff. And uh, she goes, Ernie from the movie. And I was like, yeah, Ernie from the movie, but Ernie from like my entire life, from my childhood and stuff like that. She goes, how long you known him? I was like, I've known Ernie since I was 10 years old. I said, or roughly around the time he invented the song, I got a big dick, a big dick, <laughs> which he sang for the next 10 years of our lives, man. Like he had his own theme song, like Batman has Batman. And his was like a big dick, a big dick. I told my kid that. And the first question she asked was like, did he? <laughs> and I was like, well, if he did, he probably still does. I mean, the question is, does he? I believe. Ern, you still got a big dick? Take it out, brother. out. As you get older, it gets bigger. Is that right? Because I the know, rest of your body shrinks and shit. You know, the balls hang down. My kid is. <laughs> my kid's gonna be very happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I'm glad it's still working out for him. Hey, man, let me just jump in here for a sec to remind you, jayandsilentbob.com, ladies and gentlemen. You want to buy anything Clerks-related, anything Jay and Silent Bob-related, anything Kevin Smith-related, go to jayandsilentbob.com. Now back to the show. Um, me and Bells, <laughs> when we were kids, when we first started hanging out, we uh, had, uh, if you've ever listened to Smodcast, episode two, I believe it is, is when me and Scott talk about the day that like, I had fucking, the bat, me and Mike were bachelors. We had this bachelor day and shit where we just wore robes and nothing else and shit. And it was vaguely homoerotic as fuck. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> so um, I've, I've talked about that naturally and stuff. But we had this, uh, our friendship um, we we called the brothership. We were brothers. Do you remember this? Yeah. The I, it was so weird because I saw that movie. Um, oh, fuck man, what was it called? Um, had the two smart girls in it, um, and they were graduating. And and um, book smart. What a fucking wonderful movie. In book smart, there's this. Uh, the two girls are like super fucking tight, and they have this thing that like no matter what's going on, if you say this word. Like, that means it's serious and, like, you have to fucking pay attention to the other person. You have to do what they need or whatever the fuck. And for them, it was Malala, I think it was. And every time it happened in the movie, like, it fucking stabbed me right in the heart. When me and Bells were kids, we, we started doing that. Like, we were, you know, you're kids and so sometimes you just say shit that's not true, bullshit or whatever. You're joking around and stuff like that. And so we would get to a place where it'd be like, on the brothership, are you lying? And then since it was on the brothership, it would be like, all right, I was kidding, not lying, but I was kidding and stuff like that. All right, all right. And it shortened over time. So we didn't say on the brothership, we would just say brothers. Yeah. And so like you'd know, be like, Oh my god, I got to second base. You'd be like, Brothers, all right, I didn't at all, you know. <laughs> That's right. But it was this oh, weird code of 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 honor, man, of truth. That was really like predicated on nothing. I guess because we had such a Catholic background, yeah. like a fucking vow is a vow or yeah. whatever the fuck. 
But did you, I mean, you know, you're fucking, I'm 51, Mike just told me he's 52. Um, So as a senior citizen, Mike, (laughs) do you ever remember like going brothers, but then being like, I'm totally lying. Like, did you ever, you kept, you kept it real. I I believe so. Yeah. It's a fucking good friend right there, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) motherfucker who keeps the brothers. Um, We were, um, let me see, we were... In high school, hanging out, me, Mike, and Bells. At the beginning of high school, freshman year, I, I would say Ernie. Yeah. Me, Mike, and Bells. I did. There's two. I made two of you. Me, Mike, and Ernie. Me, Bells, and Ernie. In the beginning of high school, freshman year, I would walk up to Bells' place, but he wasn't living at his place. He was staying at his nan's down oh, the street. Oh, nannies. Yeah. Um, so I'd. I got busted with Debbie LePay upstairs. <laughs> what happened? I can't tell you. My daughter's here. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nan wasn't home. You know, I wasn't supposed to be there. And right, right, my right. mom walked in the front door. Adrian came yeah, in? came in and we were upstairs. And did, you, did she chase quick. you around a thing? No, again? she didn't. She was pissed though. I remember that. <laughs> Put your dick away, Michael. Take that whore and get out. No, she didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> she was, uh, we had a party at Belco's house once, and I forget what the occasion was. And I, I know I've told this on a podcast too, but I got the drunk. Honey, that was before mom, by the way. <laughs> Long before. Um, I got drunker than I'd ever gotten in, in my life. I was drinking vodka straight. And it was when Popoff started doing the, the, the disposable bottle, not glass. Yeah, so it was plastic, like a plastic yeah. two liter. And so um, I wanted to be Bluto from Animal House and shit. Oddly enough, this was not at the at the toga party. And so that whole night, I was fucking squeezing this fucking pop off straight down my fucking gullet, man, just like uh, doing it hardcore. And then wound up incredibly fucking drunk. And they put me in Nelly's room, his sister Nelly's room, like just lay down on the bed, Kev. You're fucked up. And like I remember Kim came in and checked on me at one point Bells came in and checked on me and then at one point I got sick and just started fucking throwing up everywhere but instead of fucking like throwing up like give me the waste basket I literally threw up in anything that could be contained crime scene yes it it was like I forgot about that like I for again I'm inebriated as fuck but like I opened up the drawer and I was like but then I opened up another drawer and was like Yeah, shit was everywhere. It was fucking everywhere. And so much so that eventually they're like, uh, we got to get you out of here. And like, they brought me home. And I remember I had a very cool conversation with my mom. She, you know, I thought my mom would be like, oh my God, this is it. You're never leaving the house and fucking blah, blah, blah. But she was, I think my mother was tickled by it because she's like, he's so drunk. I'm going to get truth out of this boy. Because I remember she started asking me questions where I'm like, oh, shit, I'm drunk, but I'm not, I'm not drunk, fucking too drunk to know that you're trying to catch me in lies and shit. And me and my mom, we didn't have brothers. So like fucking. Um, so Mrs. Uh, Bellicose, Adrian, the next day, like when I fucking went back to Belly's house and stuff. I was like, I'm sorry, Mrs. Bellicose. And she's like, you better be, Kevin. She's like, I have never cleaned that much vomit in my life. She's like, why did you open four drawers? (laughs) And I was like, I don't know. I wasn't thinking. I thought it was like a pot or something like that. She's like, there was a pot right next to you. You didn't use that at all. You used any other fucking vessel. But she was so cool, man. Like, I remember here, man, this is going even further back. Um, Do you remember going to Caldor? At the Mammoth Mall, Mall. and fucking getting caught shoplifting. Shoplifting. 
Holy shit, you got a good memory. Fuck yeah, man. We were we went to Caldor and and Mrs. B dropped us right, off and yeah. she was doing something, so we were just running around Caldor. Red and car. We went to the toy. Yeah, it was the yeah. red car. Uh, we went to the toy section and we got these uh, bow and arrows, that uh, suction cup arrows yeah. and shit. So shit. each bow and arrow set, set had three arrows. So like fucking the demon on Mike's shoulder, I'm like, we should get more arrows, man. Like take the arrows from that set and stick it in this set. And he's like, yeah. And even I fucking did it and stuff. So we went and paid for the item. Like went up, gave the money and stuff. They put it in a bag. We had a receipt. We're walking out of the store and then fucking store security yeah. puts the That's hand right. on us That's and stuff. And we were like, what, what? And he's like, let me see your bag. And he opened it up. And he's like, you put ar- extra arrows in there. Because I was like, we paid for this. He's like, you didn't pay for these three extra arrows. Come with me. And he marched us into the back and sat us, sat us in, that room. in the room, yeah. which is terrifying when you're like 11 or 12, whatever we were. So we were real fucking scared sitting there and shit. And he's like, you're not leaving until a parent shows up. And if I called my mom and my mom had to come all the way to Eatontown from fucking Highlands, like that, I would, she would have beheaded me. Like, oh, the shame you brought on our Catholic family by shoplifting. Meanwhile, that's all we did in Disney World. Um, but thankfully, Mike's mom was in the area. And so she was picking us up anyway. And so she was like on the docket. So Mrs. Bellico showed up and she was so fucking mad at us you know it's like every parent's quasi nightmare at that age every parent's real nightmare we know something different but you're like oh my god the kid's been fucking arrested for shoplifting and shit and i remember when we got in the car she was like don't say anything it was the maddest i've ever seen her she didn't chase anybody around a table but it was the maddest that i've ever seen her at me personally and we drove a lot in silence and then finally i said to her mrs b i just want to tell you that I, I told Michael to put the extra arrows in the bow and arrow set. And she goes, oh, I know. He didn't think of that himself. <laughs> so she had my fucking number hardcore. But this is the sweetest PS to the story to this day. Like I just left my mother at the wedding. My mother has no idea. No idea, no idea that I got busted at Caldor, man. Like I still I've done a lot of shit and and since then, obviously, but like I still won't tell her that cuz she'll be like the shame you've brought on our fucking family. But it was one of the coolest things an adult ever did for me cuz it would have been so easy for her to be like Grace, Adrian, yeah. you know what your fucking boys up to and shit. Instead, she didn't, man. She was wonderful. I think good I'm going to have to tell Grace. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I could take that bullet. Um so we've known each other like all throughout our lives uh in high school um we all hung out like i said me and uh ernie and mike and we did uh all the plays trench coat mafia before it was a horrible thing um (laughs) sam kennison wore trench coats and one day you know i had a, a raincoat an old raincoat i started wearing that and then Ernie's like, that's cool. I got an old trench coat. He started wearing But they were all our father's hand-me-downs and shit like that. But then his brother, I think it was Tommy, he's like, there's a place in New York that sells like vintage yeah, fucking trench right. coats. Ernie drove me and Mike and him up to this place in New York. That was the first time like I went to Manhattan without my parents. And the only time I went to Manhattan with my parents was for like the circus once. And they're like, get in the subway. It's crime. And so we never really spent time in New York. It was like this incredible freedom to like, holy shit. Like, we're just that was, bombing I, around. Were we together when we did 42nd Street? Walked up and down. It. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah man. When, had to, when it was dirty. Yeah, when it was dirty. When it wasn't like, hey, you know, family boy. fun entertainment. Exactly, Little man. Little booths. 
And it was it we tried to get into a little booth as well. It didn't work out for it's like us. A quarter we too. Fucking children. <laughs> but we we spent time in the in the in the city. We did all the shows together. We we did a comedy group called Scamads, um, which was based on the Blues Brothers State County Municipal Offender Data Systems. <laughs> Um, where we did our uh, sketches every year in the high school talent show, starting, I believe, from freshman year. Uh, we were in the plays together. We were a very tight unit. So years later, I'm writing Clerks, and I'm writing for the only people I know who have acted or done things. So, you know, Ernie I'm writing for, and I'm writing for Mike. So Ernie I was writing the part of Dante for. And Michael, I was writing the part of Silent Bob for because I was like, he'd be perfect to just stand there and not say anything. He's so expressive. As you see, I don't say much. (laughs) (laughs) But he's also so expressive. He's always like when we were kids, he had great expressions and shit. And I was like, that'll totally fucking work. Him standing next to Jay and stuff. They didn't really know each other, but I was like, it's a movie. Who gives a shit? So that had been the plan. And I remember remember writing it. What I don't remember is... do you and do you is the big question how do you remember me reaching out and be like do you want to be in this fucking thing yeah but that's when i worked at frank's boats in in atlantic Atlantic, and i was getting up at like 4 a.m and you guys were still filming Mm. so i think part of it was too i couldn't be here for a lot is that right yeah you had a real job yes but do you remember me asking you like can you can you come play in this no you just you just got me oh you're meaning silent bob yeah, just <laughs> yes. So wait, oh, that's I I right. So when I, I first when I first asked you. you to be Absolutely. in it, it wasn't for a bit part. I was like, I want you to play this yeah. character. Yes. Yep. You don't have to say much. And so were you like, never mind, like me going like. You know, eventually, I was like, I'm going to play that fucking part. Were you like, I don't even have time to do this sort of thing. Yeah, I just I wanted to help you whenever I could. But I mean, if I hadn't been like, if I had been like, you are Silent Bob, the whole fucking movie, then I would have done it. Would you have had time? Because you were working. I would have made time for you, buddy. Brother. Brothers. (laughs) Brothers. (laughs) Absolutely. You were doing your dream, you know? you make me feel bad for taking Silent Bob away, man. Yeah, you should. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) You could have had three movies under your belt by now where you were the star. But then I might not have been married, had a beautiful daughter, you know? Excellent point. I mean, Hollywood with a bunch of, you know? Hollywood would have come calling. (laughs) (laughs) Twice you gave the role to him. Twice I gave a role to him? I only gave you a role twice. What do you mean? Remember in Greece? Oh, yes. Belly was supposed to be Kanicki? Yes. What Mr. happened? Rogers talked to me. Fuck. If nice you're going to fucking come out, pick up the mic, dude. Here, here, here. <laughs> Otherwise, it ain't happening on mic. Um, we did a play in high school called Greece. Ernie was uh, Danny Greece. Zuko. I was... Uh, oddly enough, Kanicki, who in the play, not the movie, sings Grease Lightning and shit. I was the heaviest Kanicki has ever been cast. But what Ernie is saying here is that Michael had something to do with that? Yes. Why? I thought you knew. Don't un- <laughs> don't unravel my whole world and what I think the truth is and shit. What is it? What happened? So, we, well, I'm... I kind of auditioned, but I knew I was getting the part anyway. Right. And Mr. Rogers was our uh, director. 
JR. Our class got him a Ferrari. Yeah. John Rogers, that? yes, with the red Ferrari. Yeah. Fucking, it was crazy. I've never yeah. seen anything like that oh, yeah. since, man. When he grad, well, Mac he was Daddy. retiring, right? Yep. Yes. He was retiring. He was a beloved teacher of the school. He'd done all the plays and shit. And he was also involved with the sports teams as well, I think. Right. He retired and they, they got him a fucking red Ferrari. Ferrari. Red had, Ferrari. Yeah, we had the money for it. Who's we? In our class. Fundraisers right. and shit. We had the fundraiser. We had the fundraiser. We, we paid for we a paid fucking for his Ferrari. Car, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking bake sales, man. Yes. Holy shit. <laughs> so, Candy yeah. canograms really yeah. paid off. So, well, I mean, how does that happen? They're like, well, what do we, what, what do, what do, we do with all this money? They're like, you could buy that guy a car. <laughs> like, Will we get rides in it? Never. Never. Yeah, <laughs> never. I actually think some of his uh, friends kicked in. Yeah, the we portion. put what we I, could. Yeah. I have to yeah, imagine. Yeah. I think so. Because yeah. those, I mean, I'm not a car guy, but those cars sound expensive, <laughs> right? Right, back then, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, so what happened? So you auditioned. Yeah. Mike or the, uh, Mike Bell. Mike. Or the, or the, I know, I know you, he, you hate, he hates Mike. Is that I right? Let you know that. Uh, yeah, yeah, Michael. He prefers Mike. Michael or yeah. Belly or Fuckface. Yeah, Dick yeah. or Buddy. <laughs> or Buddy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. Rogers gave us the heads up that Belly was getting the the role of Kaniki. I was getting Danny Zuko, and Kevin was getting uh, what was it? Vince, Vince Fontaine. Fontaine. I don't know. The, I never heard this. Yeah. So, Belly said, uh, "I really don't care what role I get." He's like, "But I think Kevin might be a little upset if he doesn't get Kaniki." So. Hey, you make me cry twice. So, my mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> but so, it just makes it so I think much. It makes it so much worse that later on I'm like, you're not being Silent Bob. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he just he, he talked to me about it, and I well, first I was like, well, Bells, no, and it, listen, back then Bells is he still is extremely talented yeah, yeah. when when he actually gets his shit together and, and does something seriously. <laughs> Funny motherfucker <laughs> with all our There's too many lines, man. I don't want to. But doesn't give a lines. fuck about. And honestly, right. like the of the three of us, and I, I say this as a guy who has right. his own theater full of people right now, <laughs> the most beloved of the three of right. us. No yes. matter where you go, like everybody loves fucking bells. Right. Everybody. There's no Thanks, fucking like you know. Oh, but, but that one time, like he's yeah. a living fucking saint who like you know fucking drinks and people like that more. <laughs> right. So it makes it. It's not like a living saint where you like can't touch his motherfucker. Like he drinks. He's a good. Guy. So he's like a down to earth kind right. of saint. So he he had asked me, and I was like, "Well, Bells, you're definitely going to be able to play him better." No offense, Kev. But Kanicki? Yeah. Thanks. Well, <laughs> you know, I I only said that you fucking got left back to tell a story. <laughs> this, I, is how, I, this is how I get back to get back a little bit. You see how this all works? But no, seriously, Belly, he don't he never gave a fuck about. Even when we wrote the sketches and stuff, what role he got. True. Uh, but he thought, you know, Kev deserved it a little bit more because he Aww. wanted to be in that field. So he gave it up. Oh, my God. I mean, I honestly should have been Vince Fontaine because I didn't look good in a fucking white T-shirt and a leather jacket. You pulled off that fucking dance pretty damn good, though. I don't know. I've watched that video. There's a video of me doing the, the grease oh, lighting yeah. thing. Yeah, somebody fucking shot it. And I, it's online, too. We put it up at one point. Yeah. I think Jane's got it. It's the, the moves that I do are so fucking minimal. It's so... 
embarrassing, man. He would have fucking gone all out, and you did as Vince Fontaine. Vince Fontaine, oh, you yeah, crushed and he crushed it as yeah. Vince Fontaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So funny. let me ask you this, well, and then I'm going to get off stage. This is Belly's time. <laughs> so good. you did your dance, but then I did my dance. Yeah. Did that bother you the, the way I was moving out there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now that we're airing <laughs> shit, <laughs> um, I, it never, I, it never occurred to me that it, bo- it bothered me. But it's not like I just met you on stage that night, where I'm like, "Who is this pelvis gyrating kid?" You were always doing that shit. Yes, so I, I, it I was no different. It was like, "Oh, it's Still a are. fucking weekday." Right, I, I was. But I'll add you this, and then I'm leaving. <laughs> My co-star was Kim Lochran, his girlfriend. That's true. That's true. That's, yes. Yeah. Why? Is there something else to tell me there? It's <laughs> true, man. It was. It was it, and it, oddly enough, I, I trusted like Ernie. I was never like, oh, Ernie might fucking charm her off her feet or something like that. But weren't you in a relationship too? You were, yeah. Weren't you dating Lori at that point? When we did Grease. Oh, yes. And she was pissed off that I was. <laughs> Doing the acting thing with your girlfriend. Is that right? She held it against you? Oh, yeah. I told her to go. <laughs> go, go scratch. Fucking hey, man. It's all about I was. Marks, baby. I feel you. <laughs> Ernie O'Donnell, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Give it up for him. <laughs> um, all right. The night that you come to uh, Quick Stop to shoot what becomes the role that uh, makes you uh, immortal. Silent Bob, no more, but the in a row guy forever. Do you remember shooting that night? No. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I Michael Bellicos. <laughs> I remember wearing that hat, but yeah, I don't know. Do you really? Yeah. Had that jacket. What a funny thing to remember. Like, I sure remember wearing that hat. Do you think you remember it because you see it in the movie? No, I had that green hat. It was a jet hat, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just remember the Do hat. you remember? I remember uh, Jane was buying Vaseline and rubber gloves. Yes. You know. Jane, uh, were, you, were, you, were you married at that point or no? You were just no, I was, we were dating still. Dating. So Jane, who Michael uh, was dating since high school, Jane Kurtz, one of my closest friends in high school, um, she, she's the one who right after, well, right. it's not in a row scene because we shot them separately, but she's... She's buying right in front of me. So she's purchasing and then... Then me. I'm standing next to her as she's paying for her Vaseline and rubber gloves. <laughs> she's literally right? right... I'm standing right next to her because you only see my, uh, my nose in the scene. Jane, you don't even see anything. No, If you, you, could, if you pause one frame, you see a piece of her nose in her yes. ear, man. Like, well, I'm pretty sure she's right there and I'm standing next to her. Is that how it goes? I just thought you guys were in two different scenes. No, same scene. Which was neat when you brought up nothing. Well, wait. Can't say. <laughs> wait, are you sure? Because the fucking he goes 37. My girlfriend sucked 37 dicks in a row. And then he chases you. Or not, he doesn't chase you. Uh, Dante... Uh, chases uh, Veronica toward the door and then has a discussion with her. In my mind, Jane comes in the movie later because... 50 bucks? You can look it up on your phone. Yeah, I guess we could. Yeah, I'll bet 50 bucks. All right. Are you only going to do right now? (laughs) I know winning. Talk amongst yourselves while we... Settle this issue. All right, so wait, this is early in the movie, correct? 
Because you say in a row, and it's after he just found out. That is, yes, that she sucked. And you think Jane is in the movie that early? Yes. Here we go. (laughs) I'm right. Uh, I'll be fast forwarding. (laughs) My God, my life is flashing before my eyes. That's funny. All right, there we go. She's she's telling him about the dicks. And then this, and then Scott comes in. Oh my God! Wait, there's, there she is. There's Jane. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta trust it's Jane because you can't really see her face, but it's definitely Jane. And that door is the sound of you coming in. Awesome. Maybe is that considered a different scene? No, no, no. I thought I was standing next to her. You are absolutely right. I owe you 50 bucks. Right. What I should have done has been like, ah. I thought I was standing right next to her. I guess I was. I should have been like brothers, and then he would have had to tell me the truth. Uh, wow, man. In my mind, Jane happens later in the movie. But I'm thinking of probably, when, I'm thinking of when Dante is talking, or yeah, when Dante's talking to uh, Caitlin, and then um, I think Silent Bob comes in and buys sugar. I think that's what I'm confusing it with. Regardless, I'm Regardless, sorry. It's all good, buddy. Um, so you don't remember doing anything other than like you were standing next to you. You remember that much, fucking more than me, that you guys were working on the same night in the same Yeah. Scene. Yeah, yeah, because like I said, I was three hours from then. I was going to work. Is that right? At Four a.m. I was going. You go to hit the f- fishing Frank's, boat, Frank's. Yeah, that's when I was making cash, baby. How did? Uh, what, what kind of cash? Back then, it was good. I was like the shit. What was it? Give him an thousand, idea. Of, about thousand bucks a week. Doing what? Carrying motors. That's where I got the guns from. Fucking literally picking up boat motors, boat motors and putting and them, them on, on boats. Yep, forty boats. You were doing like man's work man's when we work. were kids. That's where I, I'll never, I don't know if you know this story. That's where I smoked my first joint, Sarah. Um, and I swore that Frank, the owner, Frank Michelisi, you know, yeah, yeah, remember yeah. Biscuit? Um, His dad. I swore he knew I just did it underneath the dock with someone because we came up and when you tie Killy bag, you got to do this twisty thing. And I'm doing it. He's holding it. And all of a sudden he's like, yells, ah, and I fucking run out the back door because I was fucking freaked out. I thought he. He was fucking with me, but he wasn't. He didn't know I just smoked. I just I lost Why him. did he yell? To fuck with me, but it's like I thought he knew I just had my first joint. I freaked out and I ran out because I thought I just twisted his finger and his wire. And then like Ernie, how he never drank again. You're like, I never smoked yeah. weed again. <laughs> and the funny, I guess I could tell the story because it's not even there anymore. Totally. There was 40 motors. And I didn't do drugs or anything back then, but apparently everyone else that worked there did because on every motor, every time I went to get them, there was like cuts like all on the top of them and for years i didn't know what all it was it was cocaine they were putting lines i won't say names the older boss and his friends and i now i know why they were hanging here, out here, like this. let's just do this not biscuit there you go <laughs> yeah it wasn't biscuit it was the bosses and his friends would always hang out there drink beers and shit and they would always go into the motor room but they weren't working and they would. Bl- so I asked my brother one day, I'm like, what's what? You know, I thought they were slicing the fillet and the fish. He's like, no, it's, it's all because it, I found two lines when I went back to get a motor once in the back room. Do you think in all the times you picked up the motor, maybe get some coke in you? And you're like, what? <laughs> I might have, but I'm telling you, every motor, and there's 40 of them, 
had cuts, like hundreds of cuts in them. And, and, and that's wait, a lot of... <laughs> you're saying they're not in business anymore? No. I'm shocked. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, I'm going to put a pin in it. Come back next week. We're going to hear more, including uh, lots more uh, with Mike and Thomas Burke, uh, who plays the roofer, is going to be joining us. So there it is, folks. Uh, that's Modcast for this week. I'm Kevin Smith. Have a week. This has been a Smodco Internet Production. Sip only at Smodcast.com.